You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Beasley. And I had a dream. You had a dream? I did. Okay. So this is nothing new for me personally. I tend to have a lot of dreams that are about D&D. Well, yes, but that also <laughs> end up either being true, mostly or... like way later on. Or that at least help me as long as I can remember the dream. Yeah, thing, things that like inspire like actual events later on. Yeah, so this one falls into that, uh, well, actually it falls into both categories, really. <laughs> I, I guess, <clears throat> well. Yeah, hmm. so because of a whole lot of work shenanigans, I was not prepared until yesterday to yeah. actually record Depends. this episode. And Definitely I had to happens. do all of my research yesterday, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what the hell I was going to research. Mm-hmm. But the night before, I had a dream that helped me figure it out. Okay. <laughs> Basically, in my dream, all I did was Google the ecology of articles and found a giant list <laughs> of all of the mm-hmm. articles in all of the Dragon magazines that they did the ecology of Blank. Blank. So when I woke up and had to do research, I immediately went to my computer, sat down. That's a really good idea. Googled it, <laughs> found pretty much the exact same list that's in my dream, <laughs> and scrolled through it, reading some ecologies, and found out what I was going to do. <laughs> that's that's a really good idea. Welcome to like my next five episodes. I'm just going to do the same thing. I mean... There were so many. There are I mean, a lot. If it works, it works. So what what are we discussing the ecology of today? The ecology of the Shambling Mound. Ooh. Which was, we fought one of those. I wouldn't call it a fight. <laughs> well, yeah, we I mopped, didn't even get to attack. We mopped the floor with it. My poor Shambling Mound. Oh, didn't don't even. even. Get to attack. Yeah, mm. we we destroyed it. Yeah, you did. It was, it was nice. I mean, he was cool, though. He was cool. Yeah, uh, you guys didn't get to see any of its abilities. <laughs> yeah, you were so mad after that. I remember that. So now I get to tell you about their abilities. Yay! <clears throat> of Ooh. course, starting off with the very beginning, mm-hmm. uh, which was mounds. the Monster Manual 1 in 1977. Oh, man, they're old. Yeah. They're old. Have been around for a long time, apparently. I say that like I'm surprised. I feel like I have seen them in that monster manual and was like, oh, Shambling Mound, they're old. Yep. Continues on. And then forgets about it. And much like pretty much everything else, the art style changed drastically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it happens. But, um, and this is true for pretty much every edition. They are also just mentioned as shamblers. Uh, nice. 
So it's like you have Shambling Mound or Shambler is just kind of like interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Interchangeable. They had eight to eleven hit dice in 1977. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in you know first edition. Yeah. Yeah. Still using the Thaco system, their AC was zero. Okay. So, so it was decent. Yeah, that's that's not bad. <clears throat> yeah. They are described as appearing as a heap of rotting vegetation. Mm-hmm. They are actually intelligent. They're intelligent forms of vegetable life, pretty hmm. much. Uh I yeah, I, I have yeah. some experience researching in that. Well, and they're they're like a matte gray, right? With no no color to them. Listen. <laughs> he would just painted sooner or later. <laughs> There's a shambling mound, Vinny, that t- <clears throat> did you did you buy him this? Oh our- yeah, because um this bitch over <sighs> here, we pre-pandemic, uh were <laughs> No, you're good. <laughs> I, I'm sorry for bringing up this. We were at our local I'm uh, sorry, listeners. <laughs> we were at our local Game store, you know, mm-hmm. uh, supporting local businesses, which you should be doing. Not right now. Well, I mean, if you if, right don't now. go, don't go there. But maybe you know, if, yeah. if you can't buy things, yeah. In general, though, support local businesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we were uh, <laughs> we were at the local game store, and I was looking at minis, and because I needed new mini paints, because I go through a lot, mm-hmm. and um. Because you don't have a problem. Shut up. And uh, we were going through the minis, and Travis, now, mind you, this is a week or two before we are set to play this campaign together. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, this was, oh, this was before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this was during the Death House. Uh, well, yeah, but I, I thought you bought yeah, the we, mini after. We, we played the Murder House pre-Strahd campaign thing, yeah. and Travis... Finds this shambling mound, picks up and goes, oh, hey, cool, shambling mounds. And I had recently been looking into shambling mounds just because I stumbled upon them. And mm-hmm. I and they're cool. Yeah. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, yeah, shambling mounds. That's really cool. And Travis, like, you know, does his whole routine of, oh, we don't need it and everything. I'm like, well, you should buy it. It'll be fun. We can paint together. I tricked her. Because this was supposed to be Travis's to paint, yeah. And then I okay, I remember. And then yeah. when he when you busted it out in that fight, Taylor was so mad. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and he hasn't painted it, by the way, yeah. and that's what I'm roasting him for. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but no, they are not gray. They're usually kind of just various like brown, browns greens, and greens, nasty, yeah. of rotting <laughs> hunks of oh beautiful vegetation. 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 Um, they do have a low intelligence rating, though, so it's not like they're highly intelligent. It's just a very low intelligence rating. They're, they're maybe more intelligent than you would expect. <laughs> it's still not very intelligent. Exactly. Rip. Um, they can be between six to nine feet in height with a girth of six feet at its base and two feet on top. It's a girthy boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hate that word. Um... Generally, you know, they're found in like the dismal marshes or right. makes sense. Wet yeah. subterranean places, you know, anywhere that's damp and cursed basements, dank, dank, dank. <laughs> cursed basements, cursed basements, cursed basements. You know, those lovely things. Um, they are um, omnivorous. 
I always have issues saying that word, and I don't know why. Well, I think you did a good job. <clears throat> yeah, you, you, you did <laughs> ten out of ten. I I wouldn't have said anything had you not. So good job. <laughs> Thank you. So they'll feed on any living matter they come across, be it plant or animal, animal or human or goblin right. or whatever, or anything really. They'll eat anything. All it says here is that they use their weird roots and tendrils <laughs> to feed. But there's, like, no further explanation as to how exactly that happens. So it was just kind of like, oh, we'll just leave it at that, I guess. I I guess they just kind of absorb. <clears throat> That's my guess, yeah. 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 Well, I I was about to say, how do plants use their roots to feed? I don't know, but I'm assuming it's a similar They generally process. absorb the nutrients from the soil. Well, yeah, but, like, what's the process of doing that is what I'm saying. I'm assuming it's... No yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm not a botanist. I am assuming it's some similar for the the Shampling Mounds. Right. Why do they have a mouth, then? I will get to that. Oh, shit. Because this guy... I have the mini in my hands right now, because this guy's got a mouth. Yep. I will get to that, actually. Cool. And, again, pretty much the same through all editions. They attack twice per round... Right. And in this particular edition, if both of their clubbing attacks hit a single opponent, then the victim is entangled and will be suffocated in the creature's slime for, or in two to eight rounds, unless the creature is killed before then. Hmm. I wonder yeah. what that's like. <laughs> Me too. We, since we fucking wrecked, destroyed it. We wrecked it so hard. It didn't even get to do that. I never got a chance. I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you didn't get to suffocate one of our nice uh, <laughs> new in, uh, new characters. Yeah, that we were so excited I to am play. Also sad. Um, hmm. So their brain is not actually located in their head. Is, is it in their butt? It's located more in their like chest, torso region, like the mid area. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And it's then like covered by the thick vines that makes it really difficult to get to. Okay. Fire has no effect on them because they're dead, wet vegetation. Right, it, the fire's going to go out. Yeah, yeah, the fire would do nothing. Um, lightning actually will cause them to grow. Oh, no. Uh, what idea. is this Frankenstein bullshit up in here? Bad idea. Uh, which, in this particular case, they would gain one hit die. Ooh. That's bad. Um, yeah. Cold damage will do either half damage or no damage at all, depending on if they succeed their saving throw. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Physical weapons only deal half damage. Mm -hmm. They have this incredible ability to flatten themselves, so like crushing them in any way has very little effect mm -hmm. because they're plants, so they can just kind of like squish to the ground and. I'm trying to remember what does hurt them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, didn't... What did we use? I just hit it a lot with my swords. You guys got really lucky and hit it a lot. Yeah. Okay. Like, it was... Well, and I think I did some psychic damage to it. Probably that, too. A little vicious mockery action. Yeah. <clears throat> I think. Um, probably. They can still be affected by spells that are specifically meant for plants, such as, like, charm plant or plant control... Mm -hmm. Plant control. Because they're plants, so right. you can actually, like, control them. They're just gross plants. And this was kind of interesting. I just happened to come across it under the Shrieker entry mm -hmm. in this monster manual, which the Shrieker is just, like, a mindless fungus. 
that will emit air. P- wow. Okay. That will emit. One more again. <laughs> that will emit a piercing shriek when light comes within thirty feet, or if movement comes within ten feet of it. Same. And it shrieks to <laughs> attract other monsters around. It doesn't really do anything else other than just shriek. Same. <laughs> but that's, that's what is it trying to do? It, uh, it's kind of just like a reflex warning system. Oh, maybe that's the. Oh, maybe it was like bread to do that by like a wizard. <laughs> they do that kind of thing. They do that kind of thing. They You're do. right. I yeah. didn't look into the like. I started laughing, but only because of how right you are. Yeah. I didn't look into the ecology of the shrieker, but possibly. Aseric <laughs> is just like, okay, I'm gonna try like a new alarm system, and then he just hears screaming from the top of his creepy tower, and he's like, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, can't do that. <laughs> the mushroom in the background. <laughs> I made a mushroom that screams all the time. Why? Why? I don't know. <laughs> so it states that shambling mounds actually greatly prize shriekers as food. Huh. So, you know, so they just morbid. like to eat shriekers. They're just like I assume because they're annoying as hell. Probably, but you know what? I don't know. They're just like sh- like shrieking as they go down the gullet of a. Well, they don't eat. I guess they don't chomp on them, but the the visual of them screaming yeah. while they're being swallowed is just like hilarious. It's, it's worth the visual for sure. Yeah. Right. So jumping to the monster manual for second edition in 1993, it gives us a little more information. They are solitary beings, only living with other shamblers if a food source is constant. Mm-hmm. Or if it's near famous ruins or abandoned gold mines. I don't know why it did not explain. Okay. So this shambling mound really, really likes to tour the historical sites. My, yes. My my initial thought with famous ruins was that it's kind of a, I'm bringing him up again, like an Aseric tomb of annihilation. So like he knows people go there. So my thought was maybe okay. they live near famous ruins because they view it as a constant food source that like I, adventurers I go to. That. But okay, but that, I don't. Oh, but I don't know about sense. the the abandoned gold mine, specifically gold. <laughs> also, I don't know about the abandoned Who mine. Who doesn't love a good old fashioned gold mine? It yeah. could be for the same reason. It's abandoned, so like there are plenty of creatures fucking, that live there. Fucking kids going and taking pictures and stuff. That too, you know. <laughs> but that feels like. An interesting logic leap for a not very intelligent creature. Maybe they make that logically because they're not very intelligent. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe they just like famous historical hooks. Yeah, also a possibility. Also a possibility. They're tourists. So in their natural surroundings, which really means like forest, swampy area, not in Nastiness. ruins, mm-hmm. they are almost totally silent and invisible. Yeah. That okay. makes sense. They blend right in. Yeah. And moving, they cause like no sound. So stop it. It's hard to uh, it's hard to pinpoint mm-hmm. one of them. Well, swamps are noisy places anyway. You got all the the bugs. That's true. That you know, is also true. The Donkey Kong Country soundtrack playing in the background <laughs> at all times. At all times, it's noisy. Bayou boogie. Come on now. They often prefer sitting in a shallow bog, waiting for a creature to walk on top of it. And oh. then they'll attack it. Quicksand. Except 
vines and swampiness plants. Yeah. yeah. Man, it, that sucks. That really does suck. That would suck. You're just trekking through a swamp and then all of a sudden just attacked by a That wasn't supposed to be as gross of a sound as it was. I'm sorry, guys. It's okay. I forgive you. Now, I do whether our listeners forgive yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. That's who I was apologizing to. I don't care about what you guys think about my weird mouth noises. Okay. But the listeners, I'm deeply sorry. So um, they do still have the whole entangle suffocation thing. Ooh. Except it's phrased now as two D8 rounds is when they'll suffocate. I mean, it's that could be virtually very the same quick. thing. That's still yeah. very quick, though. Yeah. Um, they can also now be saved either by the Shambling Mound being killed or by breaking free with a successful bend bars or lift gates roll. Yeah, no, that sounds I like mean, something that was in second. <laughs> yeah. It, I was like, okay, that's a little strange, but hey, you know, it works. Okay. It makes sense. I'll accept it. Like, it is what it says, but there is maybe a broader category word that you could have put that under. But, you know, you do you. <laughs> and due to the ever-expanding weapons list, they are completely immune to blunt weapons. And only take half damage from piercing and slashing weapons now. I think that we ran into that problem. Yeah, I think we... Did we? I think so. Maybe, I don't know. I don't remember. Um, lightning will still cause them to gain one hit dice. Oh, good. But they okay. also grow an extra foot in height when they're oh, hit good. by lightning. Also... I just accepted the word foot and just imagine them growing another foot like on their back or something. Oh my god, <laughs> stupid. no. Stupid. Um, you can cut off the head or the limbs, but you should. the remaining vines on its like torso will just grow in new... one round to just form a new appendage anyway. Great. Which, I mean, it still helps because that kind of slowly weakens it. Because mm-hmm. it's having to pull from the rest of its body, but it's still like, yeah, it's still pretty bad. Because hacking off enough of it will eventually kill it. Eventually. Eventually. Um, they can also rest in a damp clump of foliage to heal, and they'll be fully healed within 12 hours after yeah. doing that. So if you damage one and then have to run and come back, it'll probably, it'll be... probably be healed. Great. Completely. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this all, this I found really cool, though. They live in areas with will-o'-wisps, which creatures that have attacks that deal lightning damage. Yeah. So it uh, actually stated that it is very possible for a shambling mound with 20 or more hit dice to exist in, like, deeper dark swamps or jungles because... The will wisps can just hit them, and they'll just continue to grow. Man, they have hate that. Literally, no cap on how big they can get. Man, that reminds me of a matched Pokemon I lost last week. <laughs> hmm. mm-hmm. Man, y- 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 y'all, y'all who do link battling know what I'm talking about. Beat up plus justified spam, and then they just destroyed me. It just destroyed me. Anyway, that's what that reminds me of. Also, a 20 hit die? No thank you. Yeah. That's yeah. too big. It's a lot. That's a lot of 
That's a lot of hit die. So this next thing is something that I found out that I don't know how. Neither of us have ever came across this before. But apparently in 1994, for second edition, there was a box set that was released called Elminster's Ecologies. I recently... (gasps) What? Oh, no. Never mind. I was like, I recently heard that word. Where did I hear that from? Me. Yeah, you. Yeah. Um, This is something that is written in character as Elminster and other various characters and adventurers that details the ecology of the Forgotten Realms. Fuck yes. Like, I don't know how we haven't come across this before, Mm -hmm. but... I've literally never heard of that. Yeah. here we are. Um, God damn. And secondly, this particular thing introduced a new variant of Shambling Mound called the Serpentine Shambling Mound. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. So the section about them isn't terribly long. Uh-huh. And given that it's not terribly long, and really it's such a good story, I just can't help it. I'm going to read the Yay. entire thing. Oh, hell yeah. Story time. It is story time. Settle in for story time, kids. <clears throat> Grab your, your cocoa, you know, sit down, however you prepare for story time. It's been a while since I've been in elementary school. Yeah. Do they even have story time in elementary school anymore? Well, not right now, they don't. (laughs) There. So, the story of the serpentine shambling mound. (laughs) You wouldn't think the width of a blue bear stem could cause so much trouble, but it did. In the depths of the East Starwood, a few miles north of Halifax Trail, grows a hundred acres of blueberry shrubs. Until they ripen, the berries are inedible... pale green, and hard as stone. By late spring, the berries turn purple and swell to the size of watermelons. That's big blueberry. And the taste. Imagine the sweetest blueberry you've ever eaten, glazed in honey with just a hint of cinnamon. Truly exquisite. At one time, a small tribe of elves and dozens of shambling mounds subsisted on these berries. It was an unusual living arrangement, to say the least, since shambling mounds rarely conjugate with others of their kind, let alone with other species. Thanks to the abundance of quality of the berries, the mounds and elves got along just fine. They ate at their leisure from summer through autumn, then stockpiled berries to get them through the winter, and spring brought a fresh crop. One starless summer night, a koala spiraled from the sky and crashed into the berry field. It died on impact, but not even the force of its landing could explain its strange markings and coloration. Both the mounds and the elves refused to examine the creature's remains any closer, convinced that they'd seen too much already. The superstitious elves were afraid of it, and the mounds, who might be tempted to eat it in other circumstances, were suspicious of its strange smell and stuck with the berries. In time, the corpse decomposed and was absorbed into the earth. The mysterious coatl was soon forgotten. The following spring, the blueberries blossomed as usual, Days before the berries matured, their stems stretched and broke, and the unripened berries fell to the ground. The elves and mounds watched helplessly as, one by one, the berries dropped, the thin stems unable to support their weight. Within a month, the entire crop was ruined. The elves examined the bushes and discovered a brown dust covering the stems. The decomposing coatl had infected the field with a form of vine blight that had caused the stems to elongate. The elves blamed their leader for the crop loss and, at the urging of the leader's lieutenant, crushed his skull with a rock. Oh, 
Oh, oh boy. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts. <laughs> the lieutenant, an evil priest who called himself Black Jackal, assumed the leadership of the tribe. He convinced several of the shambling mounds to become allies. The elves and mounds now roam the Starwood, assaulting innocents in the name of the dark god Talos. The remaining mounds stayed behind, hoping the field would recover. Eventually it did, but not before the impatient mounds ate the old berries. The tainted berries caused the mounds' bodies to stretch until they resembled immense serpents, head and hands on one end, legs on the other. The serpentine, shambling mounds still dwell in the area, nesting in mossy trees, guarding their blueberry field from trespassers. God damn. That's so cool. So, that's the entire story. Uh, the biggest change with this particular variant, though, is with the special ability. They no longer have the suffocation ability, but now have constriction because There's why not? they're serpents. Right. Uh, it's a normal attack roll used to encoil the victim, and then the victim will suffer 2d4 damage per round unless freed with 60 total points of strength, including the victim's strength. Jesus Christ. So I'm guessing that would mean... Everybody trying to pry the serpent apart and adding everyone's strength together to yeah. try to get it pried open. But that was just... Uh, That's so cool. Though. That was just it a is. really cool thing. And I was like, yep, can't help it now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. Also, Skyrim joke. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Skyrim joke. Skyrim joke. You just you said the name Talos and ta Skyrim joke. They've all been done. I just... Obligatory. Obligatory Skyrim, Obligatory Skyrim joke. Fucking Talos. Talos the unerring. Okay. <laughs> so now we get to what led me here in the first place. The ecology of the Shambling Mound Woo! from the Dragon Annual Magazine, number two from 1997. Nice. <clears throat> Very nice. 10 out of 10. So this article involves the telling of the Shambling Mound through research done by... Someone named Willowquisp, who was a member of the Monster Hunters Association. Oh, nice. <clears throat> and this is all being told as they are on their way to slay a shambling mound. Oh, boy. Because events happened at the meeting prior and the mm -hmm. leader was like, I don't want to hear it right now. Tell me tomorrow. And uh, that's what they have to do. <clears throat> <clears throat> I wonder if they come back from it. <laughs> I hope so. So, as they are, like, on their way, Willowquisp asks Drelix, who is the leader, if he's ready to hear about the Shambling Mound, which Drelix replies, Is it really necessary? The druid leads us to it. We throw a charm plant spell or two at it, chop off its head, and there you go. No fuss, no bother, and no need to hear all about the creature's life history, favorite foods, or mating rituals. Uh, maybe we'll hit it with a thunder wave, too. <laughs> And at this point, Will Quisp is like, well, actually, the brain isn't even located in its head, so you might not want to do that. And Drelix was incredibly surprised and begrudgingly was like, all right, fine, tell us. <laughs> because his plan was obviously ruined. Yeah. So Man, that uh, Will Quisp is the, more, was waiting for him to say that. Yep. I, well, actually... I love Willow Quisp in this. Like, I, I'm with it, but also... <clears throat> he was, uh, he, he he was, was waiting to be like... Well, actually. Well, actually. Actually. So, the first thing is 
Finally, how the hell do shambling mounds get created? That's a very good mm-hmm. question. I would have. love to know that, yes. Um, apparently, they are born during intense electrical storms. Oh, that's why the thunder. Okay. A oh, bolt lightning, of rather. lightning strikes a patch of rotting vegetation and imbues it with a primal consciousness, an awareness of self, and the ability to alter its shape, move, and to grow. Mm-hmm. So... It gets struck, this weird consciousness kind of forms, and then it starts to pull in all of the vegetation around it mm-hmm. and creates this shambling mound. Same. <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's... I mean, you eat mm. vegetables, so I guess you pull in vegetation. That's probably about it, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, it says it's a mystery as to how exactly this happens. And apparently any attempt to artificially create one using spells such as like lightning strike, chain lightning, call lightning, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. Haven't gone well. Have failed completely. Hmm. They just don't spark this life. life. Hmm. Uh, one theory is that it requires a bolt of elemental energy from the plane of lightning itself. Possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Some priests claim that they are created from the gods themselves, which is why they take on a humanoid form when they form. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, wherever the lightning strikes is where the brain is created. At this point, it's not an actual brain like you think. It's kind of just like this weird... Mush. Consciousness that just kind of like resides there, I guess. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the vegetation forms around this area of intelligence, this brain, and forms into this humanoid shape. Hmm. Okay. All shambling mounds have the same features when created. They have a head, two arms, two legs, and a humanoid-like body. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is one thing that is different between every shambling mound, and that's their facial features. Facial features of a shambling mound will vary greatly, and none will have the same thing. Some won't have any facial features at all. Others will redistribute their vegetation to form the best possible features that they can, which have been noted to include berries or flowers where the eyes would be, large leaves for ears. That's nice. (laughs) Some have been seen with these, like, twig-like teeth and a beard made of moss. Ooh, oh, that's fun. I'm into that. Digits are usually present on the hands, but not on the feet. Okay, yeah. sure. All right. Most of them don't even form feet. It's usually just, like, the long tree-like legs. Or, I yeah. guess, more trunk-like legs. Mm-hmm. Just the big, round, thick-ass legs. Yeah. He's got thick legs. Oh, damn, she's thick. Uh, the body parts are all roughly homogenous, which is what gives them the ability to regrow parts that have been cut off. Right. Because mm-hmm. they're all like made of the same stuff. stuff. Right. Uh, regrowing a body part takes away from the thick vegetation that protects its brain. It's kind of interesting to note that no matter how many times they have to regrow a limb, as long as they survive, they will stay the same size. Okay. They don't ever shrink or grow in size. They are the same size they are when they're created, which 
can vary. I mean, between like six to eight feet. Right. Um, but cutting off the vegetation and then having to regrow will give it a penalty to its AC. Still using the Thacko system, the penalty is a plus one. So that's still decent. So yeah. it gives it an AC of one. That's still decent. And the this is one of the really cool parts, is the sensory organs that it has mm-hmm. are spread evenly throughout its body. Ooh. That is interesting. Yeah. They have these weird, like, plant fibers all over that can pick up sound, which allows them to hear in all directions at once. Oh. Right. Love it. So, sneaking Hard to up sneak on up on one. On one. Yeah. 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 Little little difficult. They are completely unaffected by loud noises, such as the screams of a shrieker. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So they're unaffected by it, but they still just might be annoyed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they can see in all directions at once as well. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. But their sense of sight is drastically different. I can imagine. From, like, you know, the common understanding because they don't have eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What they do is they can actually sense electrical fields rather oh. than visually seeing something. Oh, okay. All right. And it's said it. that it's a well-known fact that living beings generate fields of electricity around them. Mm-hmm. So right. this is what the Shambling Mound senses and can see. Quote, unquote. Quote, yeah. unquote. Yeah. Um, cool. It says that it's unlikely they can distinguish colors. Right. But they can differentiate between light and dark. Okay. That, that makes sense. Because light. <laughs> I don't understand how I light mean, plants works. follow the sun. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It kind of gave a little description of what it might be like for them seeing, which is basically like seeing a three dimensional contour image oh. of everything around it. Mm-hmm. That Yeah, that kind of reminds me of like. Those 3D ultrasounds. Yeah, or like what it reminds me of is those, um, like from that that one part in Prometheus. Never seen with, Prometheus with the the um, like imaging of um, like they sent this little robot that flies through this tunnel, mm-hmm. and it uses lasers to like image the out like the outside of it like remotely or the inside of it remotely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So it's like a, um, I, I don't know the word for it, but. It sounds really cool. I've just never seen the movie. Yeah. yeah. It's a movie. We um, <laughs> don't need to talk about my alien opinions here. But yeah, it's it's like, um, I'm going to think of the word in like 10 minutes and just like shout it out. Anyway, that's fine. I think I have an idea of what you're talking about, though. That's, right. how, that's what I think of. So, you know, since they can see in all directions at once, theoretically, they could attack someone that is behind them just as easily as a person that's in front of them. Yeah. But it says for whatever reason, they will always turn to face a threat before attacking. They want to see the pretty flowers on their face. (laughs) It explains that um, cold doesn't have an effect on them due to their bodies being made up of already dead and decaying plants. So cold doesn't affect them. That's why they have a resistance to cold. It's not complete immunity, but it is a resistance to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, for that exact reason, they don't actually need sunlight to survive because... They're already dead. Yeah, they're living things made up of dead things. Right, kind of like a fungus. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, we're covered in dead things. Like our hair and stuff. Okay, but we're not fungus. I wish I was fungus. Same. And all for very obvious reasons, like we stated earlier, they're immune to fire because they're wet. Wet. Yeah. Like they're dead, but they're wet. <laughs> Same. Um, <laughs> Jesus. No. Nope. nope. Oh my god. god. Are you gonna remove that or are you I don't know? It in? Okay. I don't we'll find out. Mm, it'll be a surprise next week. <laughs> we'll find out together. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh man, that was just an automatic. <laughs> <sighs> So there are these elemental spirits that are called nightshades, or also called wood woeses. Wood woeses. It's W O S E S. I'm assuming woeses. Waskily wabbit with your wood woeses. But they're elemental spirits of like different poisonous plants, specifically. Hence nightshades. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Apparently, they can summon a shambling mound once per month in a. Ritual. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Great. That's they're gonna send one after us for making fun of their name. Probably. You can technically communicate with a shambling mound using speak with plants, mm-hmm. but because their intelligence is so low, it's very limited conversation. It's a uh, not okay. exactly riveting. Yeah. Um, they have no language of their own, and they actually have no ability to make any sort of vocalization. Because they don't have vocal cords. Oh, right. I mean, right. They're, they're plants. So they can't really make any noise like that. Yeah. Uh, some spells apparently have unusual effects on a shambling mound. Uh, what kind of unusual effects? Um, transmute mud to rock, for instance, because they do consist of mud, mud and various other plants and whatnot. Swampy stuff, yeah. yeah. Uh, can actually paralyze one of them for 1d4 rounds and yeah. causes 2d8 damage to it. Cool. I um, feel like that's a that would be like a a really like clever like application of that spell. Yeah. It would be. It did state that that can only be done once because after that it has no more mud in it to turn to stone. So. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's maybe you get one. I feel like that's maybe something that happened to someone in like first edition that like their magic, the DMs, like the magic user was arguing with the DM that it's like, well, it's covered in mud. And they were like, you have a point. And so then they like added that in in the ecology article. That's that's speculation. But I feel like that, I, I enjoy that speculation. It, that sounds like a, something that someone who's more clever than I am would come up with. Uh, part water spell will cause all the water soaked into its, like, plant mass to flow out of its side. Holy shit. It doesn't cause initial damage, but it does make it vulnerable to fire. Yeah, because it's completely dehydrated. So it'll take half damage on a failed save or none at all on a successful one. Mm -hmm. So you can use that to actually cause it to take damage from fire. Yeah. Uh, obligatory Avatar The Last Airbender reference. (laughs) This whole time I've been thinking about the one foggy uh, swamp bender. Who bent the vines? Oh yeah, yeah. To make himself a little and had the little wood mask. He, yeah, he is a shambling mound, but a good one. <laughs> but a good one. He's a shambling mound cosplayer. Anyway, so um, obligatory Avatar: The Last Airbender reference, right? Naturally, we have to. Got to meet our quota. 
They don't grow naturally with age. So lightning is the only way that any of them can grow larger. Mm -hmm. Right. They don't need to sleep, but they will often spend hours just immersed in like their elements. Whether they need to be healed or not, they will just, just do enjoy it. it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just gotta go lay down in a swamp. Um, True. They do have a very heavy odor of decay that surrounds them. Hmm. In swamps, this helps them hide, but in other areas, like a cave or something, the smell will usually give them away. Yeah. Right. Because you shouldn't be smelling that strong of a decay rotten, smell. Yeah, like rotten vegetables and shit. Um, fungus and mold are commonly found growing on a shambling mound, mm -hmm. and they're often found to be like a symbiotic partner. With the mound that they grow on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they don't actively try to get rid of them. They just kind of yeah. chill there. Happen. Mm -hmm. um, Aw, imagine one that's covered in mold and it's all fuzzy. It's kind of cute. <laughs> it is kind of cute. I'm making these guys out to be like a lot cuter in my head because I don't find them threatening because we thrashed that one so bad <laughs> that I'm just like, aw. This yeah. cute little, cute little guy. Um, any of the fungus that's, like, dangerous, like the ones that cause the parasite? Uh, cordyceps? Cordyceps. Like, anything yeah. like that won't affect the shambling mound. It'll just grow extra sprouts on the mound, and so they okay. have the ability to infect anything they come in contact with, but it won't infect the mound itself. So a myconid could not... Do much to one of these guys, let's say. Probably not. Mm, uh, like the, the, the spore, purple, the re well, the spore, the reanimator effect, spores. Hmm, because it's. Uh, I believe the reanimator spores specifically are for like humanoid corpses, and this is not a humanoid. It has no like control yeah. center to right. take over, so I don't think that would work. Mm hmm. The different spore effects might, like the other different ones, but that the, particular specifically one... Specifically the reanimator spores might not. Yeah, I would say Cause no. Because it, 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 it does also exist in that weird gray area of dead but alive. Yeah. yeah. Like it's an alive thing. I guess, yeah, because it's like control center, so to speak, is alive. But its mass is dead, so it probably right. wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, I'm going to apologize ahead of time uh, to you, Taylor, for this next part. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. So they are also often homes to various forms of, like, animal life. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of them are harmless, but others can actually, like, add more danger to fighting a creature. Mm -hmm. Because they can consist of spiders, centipedes, rock grubs, throat leeches, ear seekers, and giant ticks. Oh! I hate it. All of them. Oh, I really don't like that last one. Yeah. I don't like ticks. And when being smothered into the body of a shambling mound, the <laughs> victim can also be attacked by any animals that are living inside of it. Oh, don't like that. Scorpio, so don't you like could that be at all. suffocating and then being bitten by spiders or giant ticks and don't like that. Oh, I yeah. hate that. Your party like wrenches you out and they see you like covered in like ticks and shit and they're like, Bye. Uh, maybe put him back. Yeah, let's put just put him, him back. back in there. <laughs> no, I'm good. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. I was like, ooh, that's an added thing I didn't know about. Oh, that's nasty. They are completely sexless and don't reproduce ever at all. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are also effectively immortal. Yeah. That's good. 
since they don't age, they don't they don't die unless they're killed. Yeah, and I had a feeling they can live forever if they're never killed, and as long as wherever they're at can sustain their resource needs, then mm-hmm. they can literally just live forever. Well, but then they would they would die if you dropped it in like a desert, right? Uh, yes, because it has nothing to feed on. Okay. Not enough to feed on, and in a desert there would be no way for it to, like, regenerate any lost moisture. Yeah. Does it, like, shrivel up then? I guess? Yeah. If you were to drop it in a desert, I guess it would just, like, shrivel up Yeah, because it would, like, dry out and then just... Leave this big, nasty, just hunk of flesh. Yeah. Yeah. In in the middle of the desert. Ugh. Hmm. Hmm. That's kind of sad. Um, so it did explain a little bit more on how exactly they feed. Mm-hmm. It, I say a little bit more, not much. So Naturally. They use a network of roots and tendrils that are located, like, throughout their entire bodies. Mm-hmm. And they can actually, like, feed on anything from any part of its body. So it wouldn't be unusual to see one, like, eating something on, like, its chest area. Mm-hmm. But that's, again, all it really says. So I can only guess it, like, slowly maybe just, like, decays the body or something. Or, like, it's, like, yeah, maybe. Also, it just, like, sits its butt down and the swamp is just eating through its butt. (laughs) That's immediately where my mind went because I'm 12 years old. Uh Um, it noted that given how they are created, it is possible that they existed on the planet much longer than any other intelligent humanoid race. That's probably true. And noted Definitely of upsetting. An archaeology archaeolog- wow. Archaeological? Archaeological dig that unearthed records of a god worshipped by a tribe of savages. The description of the god and the ceremonies performed by the savages leads the archaeologists to believe that the god was actually a shambling mound, worshipped as the god of death, decay, and disease, and was often fed via human sacrifice oh, great. to appease its anger. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. N- naturally. Mm-hmm. Cool, right? Oh, I forgot that they eat animals and stuff, too. Oh yep. yeah, animals, for, plants, humans. For some reason, I thought they were just like peacefully wandering around the swamp, eating plants. Not quite. <laughs> I forgot that they eat living things, or not plants are alive, but you know, like sentient things. Yeah. yeah. But that's all from the ecology of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually really funny to read because there's a lot of interjections from Drelix, like being a smartass. Nice, and nice, nice. I will also note that the end of it does actually describe what happened to them when they found the Shambling Mound. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And pretty much what happened was Drelix only listened to half oh, of what Will Quisp said, saw the Shambling Mound, ran in, attacked it, got infected by a certain type of spore from the fungus that grows on it. Great. Mm-hmm. They had to put him in a stasis to stop him from dying. <sighs> and fled back to the city to heal him, where he was then mad that they ran away instead of killing it. Man, that's such a... <laughs> you saved my life, but you guys didn't get the job done. Fuck you, yep. man. Oh, that's and also, he oh. immediately grew mushrooms out of his nose when he inhaled the spores. I love it. Yep. <sighs> 
Uh, we're going to take our break, and then we will continue on through third, fourth, and fifth edition. There's not a whole lot left, so quick break, and then back to... We got a top-heavy boy, just like Shambling Mount. Yep. We got a top-heavy boy. <laughs> oh, my God. But break time. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Shambling Mounds episode. Nice. <laughs> Thanks. We didn't plan that. It, it, it was just a beautiful moment. It just yeah. happens. It, it does happen. Uh, we do still have our affiliate partnership with Metallic Dice Games, if you're Hell interested. yeah. Uh, you can go there and get some lovely dice and dice trays and tabletop accessories. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when you do, on checkout, all you have to do is use our code, which is Dungeonpedia. Yeah. To get 10% off your entire order. Now, I will say that that pretty much makes the shipping totally free because it is a base shipping price. Yeah, and uh, all of us having uh, experimented with that have found that it is actually a pretty sizable discount. Yes. So, And the fact that they don't do shipping charges for however much you order, it's just a flat shipping fee, is also pretty nice. Yeah. Is that international too? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, it may or may not be international. We forgot to check. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not sure about that one. But. So okay. if you're international, your uh, mileage may vary, but... Yeah, which... That that sucks. Uh, we will check on that. Yes. Yeah, as I say, we're, we're dumb Americans. But um, please go to MetallicDiceGames.com, order some dice and... Whatever else you wish for your fancy, use our code. It'll help us out. It'll help you out. It'll help Metallic Dice Games out. Everyone Which is wins. awesome, by the way. Family-owned company. Yes. Uh, we have bought a few things from them, and nothing has disappointed us so far about any of it. Yep. Uh, we also have our Patreon, if you'd like to support us directly at Dungeonpedia. We have a $5 tier where you can read our notes. And, and all of the grammatical mistakes we make when typing them up when we're tired. And sometimes just little notes for myself, like, Taylor, it's pronounced like this. Please don't stutter your way through it. <laughs> See, I don't even try that because I know I'm going to mess it up anyway. Same. Um, so we mentioned a few weeks ago that during the little bit of a lull, we all got together and managed to record some uh, stuff and a bunch of stuff in advance. That is still in progress, and I can uh, attest it will be going up soon. Again, you can get more um, more notifications for that for projectile dysfunction. Sorry, forgot to preempt what that was for. At our Twitter. <laughs> you already know. At ProjectileCast. You can also follow us for all of your Dungeonpedia needs on Twitter and Instagram, at Dungeonpedia. You can also email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com for any questions, uh, corrections, episode suggestions. Really anything. You can always subscribe to us wherever you find fine podcasts. Uh, <laughs> and not so fine ones. Yeah. I'm not going to say who. No, I really, I, I don't know. Ours. <laughs> <laughs> we're mediocre. I, yeah, we're, we're, we're. Listen, <laughs> enough with the self-roast. Uh, you get no notifications when we go live. Um, sometimes on those apps, they have little ratings and review spots and we would really appreciate it if you could help us out by just dropping a little rating yes that would be so great and most importantly spread the word tell your friends yeah i say it well 
we take turns saying it. And the ad bre- every single ad break and at the end of every single episode because it helps so much. And we're just so appreciative of you guys. Yes, it helps out greatly. So please continue to just spread the word and tell your friends about it. Share us. It's just it, we're, we're really grateful. We're also really grateful to Alexander Nakarada for our theme song, Blacksmith. Yeah. Thank you, Alexander. Nakarada. It, is, it felt so wrong not to say his full name. <laughs> but with that... Respectful. Yes. Back to the podcast. Back to the mounds. The shambling mounds. Ooh. All right. And I definitely... Yeah, you made the fourth edition face earlier, too. So, um, Travis makes a face and does a gesture when he starts to get mad or disappointed uh, while we're Or reading 4th edition. Yeah, which usually happens in 4th edition, so I want to know what actually happens in 4th edition. I know we have to get through 3rd edition first, but I just wanted to point out that you do that face. I do do that face. So, uh, from the Monster Manual 1 and Monster Manual for 3.5, which is 2000, 2003, respectively, nothing really changes between the two. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because they're kind of the same edition. Right. Yeah, a lot of the time, the, the, especially the actual description part of the, uh, description is like copied yeah, yeah. and some like sometimes at most he gets like a language update yeah, yeah. precisely so um, i mean like if it ain't broke don't fix it but, yeah you know there are some notable changes from previous editions mostly because now we're into the system that we're all mostly used to by now mm-hmm. yeah um just like with its health it now has 8d8 plus 24 uh hit points it has a speed of 20 for both land and water. Okay. Its AC is 20. Okay. Um, they are considered large creatures, so they take up their 10-foot um, radius with a 10-foot reach. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they're no longer completely immune to fire. They are, however, resistant of 10 to fire. That's better. So they I will can, say that. They can be damaged by fire. It's just less effective. I feel like that makes sense. Because, like, even though they're, like, wet, you can still... You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense that that's a DR instead of a straight immunity. Yeah, yeah. It can, it'll still, like, scorch and burn some parts, but it won't do that initial. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't be like if it was an uh, alive and very dry plant creature. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of time you see that and you think, oh, grass type, set it on fire. This isn't Pokemon, but you know what I mean. I, I mean, it is kind of that idea, though. Virtually the same idea, though. Yeah. So. Um, one of the things that they did add is how much they weigh. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Which is up to thirty-eight hundred pounds. Oh yeah. That's, apparently, that's a that's a big boy. That is a big boy. That is a big boy. That's a lot of massive dead stuff. Yeah. You know that. Weirdly, that doesn't surprise me. Like, that's a big number, but for some reason, that it's not like a shocking number. Yeah. Um, like 69 or 666. <laughs> Those are shocking numbers. The, uh, their body girth is now just a solid, like, eight feet instead of six. God. I hate that word so much. Yeah. Girthy boys. Girthy boys. <laughs> You guys are the worst. <laughs> Seeing we said it and immediately regretted it. Yep, happens a lot. Also, that's that really is um, wide. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's a wide. It's, I mean, yeah, eight feet around. Like, no. yeah, it's a, it's a big boy. Um, they don't have the suffocate ability now. It's just a constrict ability. Oh, kind of like the serpentine ones? Yeah, it deals 2d6 plus 7 points of damage mm -hmm. after they make a successful grapple check after mm -hmm. hitting with both clubby arms. Right. Has flashbacks to the 3.5 and Pathfinder <laughs> grapple rules. <laughs> I don't even uh, want to go there. Oh, man. Um, Moment of silence. Rip. Electricity no longer increases their hit dice or size permanently, but now it will grant a temporary 1d4 points of constitution, which it then loses at a rate of one point per hour. Mm. So mm. it'll increase their health temporarily, no, but I not permanently. I, I, don't, I don't like that idea. I wasn't quite sure how i felt about that change either honestly i like the idea of if they're exposed to lightning they can just essentially grow in perpetuity yeah i, I really like that idea personally yeah. and plus like it, it it was stated before that they don't gain or lose mass in any kind of meaningful way outside of gaining it from the lightning. So I don't know how they lose it now, if that makes sense. They, yeah. They won't lose it. Mm -hmm. They will just stay the same size. They oh, just, well, that's that's like the energy, I guess. They just yeah. lose constitution, which in this case would be health. Like, it would give them an yeah. extra, like, four points of health, but... I just like the idea of one being able to grow in perpetuity and stay that size. Oh, I do too. Because of lightning, so, you know. Yeah. Each their own. Yeah. So now we're going to get to 4th edition. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. From their monster manual. and Oh, they're actually in it? They are. Wow. Surprisingly, I actually don't totally hate the changes they made to the Shambling Mounds in 4th edition. Oh. Are you sick? Wow. I might be. Someone, someone, get, someone grab a calendar. Write it down. Like, I'm still not a big fan of, you know, take everything from previous editions and delete it. Yeah. But what they did to them isn't actually that bad. Okay. okay. Um, first of all, they have a health just permanently set at 120. Okay. And these are for the regular Shambling Mounds. There is a second variant for 4th edition. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with that. That kind of thing that they yeah. like to do. That seems to be a thing they do for every monster in the manual is there's at least one other variant. Variant. Variant that the only thing that's different about it is ever only meaningful in combat. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, their AC is up to 21. Mm -hmm. They have a regeneration of five. Which I've also noticed as a thing in 4th edition that they love to give monsters regeneration for, like, no reason. Yeah. I will say, for the Shambling Mounds, I feel like there are environments where that could make sense for them to regenerate. Right. Like, if, if you're fighting them in a swamp, yeah. they're standing on top of their food. That makes sense that they would regenerate. But 4th yeah. edition does love to do that. Just yeah. randomly. Which, that's, like, the one reason why I'm not terribly upset at that is because, like, okay, it does make sense depending on... For, for fourth edition. Yeah, depending yeah. on where you're fighting it. That, okay, that's fine. And, like, a shambling mound, that makes more sense to me than a lot of other things that just seem to be randomly given regeneration. Yeah. No reason. Like, I'm not even going to tr attempt to think of anything here, but, like, 
I mean, fourth edition just seemed to want to prolong fights, but I will say that makes sense. Yeah, and this next part isn't allow it. <laughs> going to further help the thought of they just want to prolong fights. Okay, I'm glad I, I stated that then. Oh boy, here we go. So not only are they immune to lightning, but now they have a special ability called lightning affinity. Which, instead of gaining points in constitution or gaining hit dice, now, as an immediate reaction when being hit by any lightning attack, they immediately regain 10 hit points. Okay. Which I'm also not really mad about considering how they're created. That's fair. That makes sense. They absorb lightning if we're using some video game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say like, video game I'm, terminology. You know what I mean. I'm... Again, still not, like, totally on board because they pretty much got rid of everything the mound originally was. Right, in favor of this monstrosity. Yeah, but, I mean... I mean, they were it, already kind of losing me in 3rd edition anyway, so, yeah. you know. Uh, their constrict ability has been changed, again, to something called an enveloping double attack. Which is pretty much okay. the same thing. They make two basic attacks if they both hit the same target. The Shambling Mound then makes a secondary attack versus the target, which is apparently at a plus 12 versus a fortitude save from the target. So it, it's like a contest. Pretty yeah. much. Okay, gotcha. On a failed save, the creature is pulled into the Shambling Mound space and restrained. While it's restrained, no creature on the outside has any line of sight or line of effect on it. You can't see them. You can't Your friend, do yeah. anything. Yeah. They Fair. can envelop up to two creatures at a time. Oh, well, I mean, they're big. They're new. big, big, big friends. Yeah. yeah. And at the start of each round, the target takes 10 damage and the Shambling Mound regains 10 hit points. Oh. So it's... This is that feeding on. This is that boss fight where they yeah they steal one of your characters and drain health from them. Yeah, this is the uh, Rahu I think it was from Digital Devil Saga and the one like fight that's in every Final Fantasy game. Anyway, <laughs> so like that I also don't really know how I feel because you have the regeneration of five every round already. Right, they have the ability to gain ten hit points if they're hit with lightning and. Now they have the ability to gain 10 more hit points by devouring something. I will say, I, I don't... This is weird. I hate... For me to say this for 4th edition. I hate what that does for combat, but I do think that falls in line with lore on them. And that's why which I'm is interesting. so, like, on the fence, because it falls in line with the lore, but the combat is just, like, I like I, I could imagine being in that fight, and it would just be a total fucking slog. Oh, wait, we would actually probably own it again. But, like, if not, that would be a total fucking slog. Also, nitpick. <laughs> I either really hate... Or really love the names that 4th edition has for, like, abilities and stuff. Yeah. And I really hate the ones from the Shambling Mount. Anyway. Yeah. That's a nitpick. That's a personal nitpick, and I will own that that's a nitpick, but I it, usually hate them. Own it. It's... I agree. Yeah. Also, like, it's not like I'm saying anything unpopular over here ever about 4th edition. Anyway. So, the variant that they have is called the Stormrage Shambler. Oh, boy. Okay, which is I a like the name. beefed up version of a normal shambling mound. Mm -hmm. Its HP is 238. Great. It has a region of 10, 
Mm-hmm. Instead oh. of five. <laughs> that's a lot. Its AC is 25. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, fourth edition has big numbers, too. So. Yeah. yeah. It has a lightning aura. Of course it does. Which any First enemy... Fourth edition of fucking auras. I'm sorry. I, no, I agree. Any enemy that enters or starts their turn in the aura takes five lightning damage. Uh, okay. They All do right. not have the envelop ability now. But instead, they have two other attacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. They have tendrils, which are more just kind of like their normal clubbing attacks. Right. But they do 1d8 plus 5 plus 1d8 oh, lightning boy. damage. Ooh. That's a lot. That is, that is a lot. And while bloodied, it deals an extra 5 lightning damage on top of that. Mm-hmm. And then they have... Oh, God. <sighs> This one I just don't. <laughs> this is the second fourth edition face that Travis makes. <laughs> they have lightning blast. Okay. Which is a short range blast that mm-hmm. deals three d eight plus six lightning damage. Mm-hmm. On a miss, it deals half damage, which is a miss is considered versus a reflex save. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I just. I understand where they're going with it, but at no point has a shambling mound ever had intelligence enough to cast a fucking spell. Yeah, no. (laughs) Okay, I will say, I don't hate the idea of maybe certain shambling mounds that maybe you you could invent a specific circumstance where some would maybe have something similar to that as a spell like ability. Yeah. No, I, I'm I don't you. I don't hate that. I don't hate the idea of some shambling mounds having an especially powerful affinity with lightning to be able to use that as a spell like ability in that way. But I hate that fourth edition takes something like that and makes it a quote unquote variant that has, like, no implications in the lore whatsoever. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, this is a different type of shambling mound. They can shoot lightning for some reason. They just, it, why? It doesn't make sense. Tell me why. Now, at least they were smart enough in this particular instance where they do have the lightning affinity where they will heal by being hit by lightning, mm-hmm. but they cannot damage themselves in order to heal. Okay. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> okay, we talked about prolonging fights. Could you imagine? Oh my god. Jesus. That would never end. Just ever. Cast lightning. Oh, I'm healed. You would you would run into schedule conflicts with your D&D group that would stop you from playing entirely before you would finish that fight. Like one of your friends would finish college and get a new job and you'd have to stop playing before you'd finish that fight. Legitimately, I that is actually one of the worst ideas I could ever think of. Yeah. Like, I'm really glad they included... Someone thought of that. that like, they cannot damage themselves with their lightning to heal themselves. Like, partway through, somebody was like, oh, wait, guys. Or wait, someone this is definitely something some smartass would do. We have to fix it. Or some smartass did that in playtesting, and they were like, we need to put a stop to that right now. Yep, now we're stopping this. And that's it for 4th edition. I'm done. Yay! Alright. Not as bad as previous items, but still not a a terribly big thing. Well, and I feel like we kept our our personal scathing... Opinions for ourselves? Yeah, to, to a minimum. Because I feel like some of the... Wow, I sound so on my high horse. But I feel like a lot of the problems I have with 4th edition are problems that I 
feel like are objective problems, not just things I don't like. That, no, I, I agree. Like I, I, I know I'm so objective up here on my objective high horse, but I really do like those are objective. Yeah, I mean, I think sips my tea. <laughs> so uh, going to the final entry for fifth edition uh-huh. and their monster manual, they are a bit more beefy. They have 16d10 plus 48 health. Ooh, that's a that's lot. That's a beefy boy. But their AC has been reduced to 15. Okay, I'll accept it. Yeah. Uh, they have damage resistance to cold and fire and immunity to lightning. Mm-hmm. So still going with the whole not completely immune to fire, but they are still immune to lightning. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that you know, they can't see or hear or they don't need to sleep. They are immune to being blinded, deafened, or exhausted. Okay. That, I mean... Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That's fair. Uh, now it gives them the blind sight of 60 feet and then they're blind past that radius. Okay, with it. So that also kind of follows. Kind of tracks. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. Um... They have the ability of light absorption, which is just when they are hit by lightning damage, it takes no damage and regains a number of hit points equal to the lightning damage dealt. Okay, I was about to be a smartass and be like light absorption, also known as photosynthesis. But no. Yeah, no. No. Dead plants don't photosynthesize. Turns out. Turns out. But instead of it being like a base number of healing... It's they just damage. heal by whatever the damage would have been. That makes sense. Which I am honestly on the fence about that one too. Like I mean that that d- d- see I accepted that in my brain because that falls in line with like Pokemon rules. <laughs> honestly, Lewin is always ready to accept Pokemon rules. Mm. Well, no, she's not. Well, I'm ready to accept them in things that aren't Pokemon, and then in Pokemon, I am ready to argue a lot of Pokemon rules. Um, I realize that I never mentioned this before, but that's kind of because it, like, should be obvious, but in any edition, they are either neutral or unaligned. Yeah, They have no alignment, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, they're a hunk of dead plant matter. Yeah. Like, yeah, what alignment is that going to be? I don't know. I'm kind of surprised (laughs) that they didn't take a hard left turn in fourth edition and do something crazy. Nope, they just left them as unaligned. You know what? I'll accept it. I, I, I can respect that. Uh, same as before with, like, the two attacks. They hit the same creature. Both of them they can then use engulf. So, like, their special ability here changes, like, every edition. Yeah, evidently. Uh, an engulf creature is blinded, restrained, and unable to breathe. The creature must make a constitution saving throw at the start of each of the mounds turns. Or it takes 2d8 plus 4 bludgeoning damage because it's being, like, crushed. (laughs) And they can only engulf one creature at a time. So you can't do two, but you can do one. Okay. I mean, I can... I I honestly could accept that either way. I feel like that could go based on the size of the mound, even. Yeah. Yeah. Not... I mean, I'm not saying that it does in 5th edition rules. I'm just saying, logistically, in my brain... It would make sense, maybe, that a really big shambling man, like one of those crazy 20-hit die ones, yeah. could engulf multiple things. That, that makes and sense. it is important to, to note me. that in order to engulf or restrain from previous editions to, the creature has to be medium or smaller. 
Okay, yeah, that, yeah. that can't that engulf that a creature of its same the size. same size category. Gotcha. Uh, as far as the creation goes in 5th edition, they did add one extra way of possible creation. Oh. Which was from Fey Magic. Oh. Ah, yes. It says that they can result from a phenomenon in which lightning or Fey Magic invigorates an otherwise ordinary swamp plant. Okay, fair. Their instinct that drives them to, like, move and feed is a root stem. Or it's found in the root stem, which basically is okay. like what's inside their chest, like buried in them. That's mm-hmm. the brain now is this root stem is now the brain. So they included the intelligence being a plant part. Okay. Like yeah. the part that got invigorated is now just the root stem of this entire shambling mound. Okay. Then um, because of that, this is actually really fucking cool. If a shambling mound faces defeat before an overwhelming foe, the root stem can actually feign death, collapsing the remains of the shambling mound. And if it's not subsequently killed, the root stem will bed down into the remains of the shambling mound. Oh my god. To slowly regrow its full body back. <laughs> oh, I like that. Oh, that's sort of like a not not a phylactery exactly, but like if you don't know that you need to go in there and get that thing. Then you could just be like, oh, it's dead. It's lying down. We killed it. Yay. It just collapsed. We win. Mm-hmm. And then you and then the sh- And then the shambling mound finds and you like two years later and knocks down the door of the, the tavern you and your friends are in and is like, I'm back, bitch. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> uh, also, uh, just a thought that I had at the very beginning of this episode. Imagine lightning striking your compost pile. And it's like a shambling mound made out of, like, banana peels and stuff. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I can definitely see that being used in, like, like a, a weird... Like kind of way. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, a... Yeah. Like, if you wanted to... I'm just going to throw this out as a weird example. Homebrew a campaign in the setting of the Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> okay, but actually... <laughs> Do you want that? But actually, that could be... Yeah, because then you could, like, homebrew all the racial characteristics for, like, the fairies. Jorgen von Strangle. And the pixies. And the... Oh, oh, Okay, all right. (laughs) And on that note, that is all the information I have for Shambling Mounds. We made it through, even with a little story time. Hey, you know what? I enjoy story time. Yeah, that's one of my... They're big friends. They Aww. are big friends. Well, they're not friends. They will try to eat you. Yeah, they're not friends. They they will eat you. I just think they're neat. <laughs> I don't know. I just... I, I know that that was not how you wanted that fight to go. But I think just because of that fight, I cannot take them seriously as a threat. So I'm just like, oh, big buddy. All right, I'm going to have to remedy that in our current campaign. Please do not, actually. Well, now, now we're ready for it is the problem. Both... Mm. Are you, though? Lewin, stop talking smack! Aw, the cute little guy. Aw. I'm patting the miniature on his little head. His little unpainted head. (laughs) 
Yeah, if you want to if you want to put a shambling mountain in our campaign, you have to paint that first. That's fine. You're a long ways away from fighting one anyway cuz they are much too powerful. It would kill you in like one swing. Yeah, they're big they're big and strong. I don't even remember, but their challenge rating is something pretty far up there. Oh yeah, cuz you said they're beefy in fit they're real beefy in 5th edition. They are. Or at least they're supposed to be. <laughs> Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening uh, to us, Rose Travis. Yeah, in parts. I mean, you can uh, you can catch us each week roasting Travis. Someone's getting roasted, and here pretty soon you're going to be able to catch us twice a week roasting Travis. That's true. Someone's always getting roasted, and it's not the Shambling Mountain, apparently. <laughs> also, you can follow us on our social media platforms for A, more roasting, and also we should post a picture of this guy, because this is a really cool mini. Yeah, and also, you should shame Travis. For not painting him. <sighs> he deserves it. Look at him. He Look into his, his eyes. He doesn't have eyes. I mean, the mushrooms are acting as his eyes. Oh, while you're at it. Uh, spread the word to your friends. Uh, let them know about shambling mounds and how terrifying they are. <laughs> Have you heard of shambling mounds? <laughs> Hi, can I interest you in talking about our Lord and Savior shambling mounds? Oh, it's like that one tribe that worshipped them. Oh, God. There was indeed that one tribe. That worshipped them. I doubt they went door to door like that, though. They should have. <laughs> <sighs> if, uh, if you guys do wish to further roast me and yes. also... Suggest Bully a topic you. for us. Into painting the mini. Or oh, yeah, topics, into too. Into painting a mini. Oh, yeah, that's important, too. Yeah, we do take those there. Uh, you can email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> and with that, thank you all once again for listening, and we'll catch you next week with another roast here on Dungeonpedia. Hopefully not of me. It's all a roast of you. I mean, sometimes it's a roast of me. That's true. It's just a big ol' roast. Bring your forks, everybody. 